welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Manuera. A few years ago, somebody said something to me. It was one of those things that I thought, well, my, why haven't I ever thought of that before? Simple advice, but good advice. It was this. They said, never compromise on buying good shoes, good chairs, and a good bed. And it just struck me as, gosh, that's really good, simple advice. I should have thought about that, shouldn't I? I mean, after all, that's the whole of our lives. You're either laying down, sitting down, or on your feet. There really aren't many other options. Maybe you might kneel a little bit. But by and large, you're sitting, you're standing, and you're laying. And it just got me thinking, and especially in this season, this unusual season of the pandemic and everything that's going on and lots of messages coming at us and, and lots of different demands on our lives, I just started thinking, I wonder if there's a, a kind of an equivalent. Maybe there are some ways in which I could say, don't ever compromise on sitting, standing and laying in terms of our Christian lives. And so I just put this together. It's, uh, it's one of those kind of lots of little point messages and uh, I would just encourage everyone watching it just to maybe take one or two or three. Don't try and do them all. I just think I'm going to really do something with that. And different ones will, will apply to different people in different ways. And that's great. And so the postures of the Christian life. So let's start with laying down. You know, the first one's a, a well-known one from Psalm 23. You know, he he lets me lay down in green pastures. That speaks to me of laying down in something that's alive. And it's a great picture. And I suspect that this is a really important one for many of us, especially in this season. I want to just encourage you. Are you laying down, as it were, in life? What What I mean by that is this a friend of mine, Steve Witt, talks about kind of soul convergence, I guess you would call it. He says that we all need to have a soul place, soul things and soul people. And I notice that when those overlap, that's the best rest that I get. See, I, I love to make coffee. So my coffee machine, my home and my wife, that's kind of soul convergence or, or cooking or, or photography, putting a camera to my eye somewhere uh, nearby or if I'm really fortunate, somewhere like Kruger. And so I want to encourage you. Have you got places in your life where you give your soul rest? Because we need that right now, don't we? So how's your laying down in the green pastures going? And then for some, maybe we need to lay our stuff down. And, uh, you know, lots of us end up with stuff. It's not necessarily sin, but it's stuff that distracts us. You know, the phone is is a real challenging one for so many of us in so many different ways. And maybe we need to lay that down, lay down an addiction to the news or social media or manage it in some way. You know, laying our stuff down, that's just really important that, that we count everything as lost for the sake of knowing him, as said the Apostle Paul in Philippians uh, chapter three and verse eight. Or what about this one? And, and the, 
the verse I've got to reference, this is 1 John 3.16, if you're jotting things down. But, but here's my challenge to you. When did you last lay your life down? Lay your life down for, for him. Uh, you know, I meet people and they say you know, they got saved a dozen times when they were younger. And, and I, I know exactly what that, that means and what that looks like. But I actually think that we're in a season where all of us need to just say, you can have it all. That great song that came out of Brian Johnson. And actually remember the night that he started to to write that song. You can have it all. Every part of my world. When did you last lay your life down uh, for him? And in this season, it's a great time, isn't it? Just for us to say a, a resounding yes to him, a resounding I trust you. You can have it all. Uh, the attractions of this world. What's it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It's a simple challenge. These are just some laying down challenges. Do you have a green pastures laying down experience? Do you have some stuff you need to lay down? Or when perhaps was the last time that you laid your life down? And what about this? Some some standing on 2 Timothy. I'm not going to read them out, but I'll just give you the references. 2 Timothy 2.19, you can look it up. But here's what I want to ask you. What are you standing on? Again, so much shaking going on in this season, isn't there? So, so many question marks, you know, so much uncertainty. Perhaps some of you have, have lost jobs or loved ones and there's great uncertainty in your future. So here's my challenge. What are you standing on? I, I love the... The hymn, you know, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. What's the promise that you are particularly standing on at this time? What are you standing on? We're over in the in the top right hand corner there of the board under understanding. What promise are you standing on? And if you don't have one, maybe you need to find one. Maybe you need to get your prophetic words back out of the of the folder and go, I'm going to stand on that promise of God. The promises of God are yes and amen. You can put your whole weight on them just like you can on a good pair of shoes. You can put your whole weight on the promises of God. What are you standing on? What are you standing against? Gosh, this season, isn't it? It's confusing, isn't it? So many messages flying past, so many things that one person thinks is right and another person thinks is wrong. But there are there things, eternal things, things that matter to God that you are standing against. I know that I know for many actually what that often is. You know, one of the things I'm standing against is disunity in the body of Christ. I hate it. We, we were meant to be one, you know, that they may be one just as we are one. Pray Jesus in that great high priestly prayer in John 17. It causes me to stand against disunity and to the best of my ability to work for, of course, unity. What are you standing against? Is there something that has eternal consequences? Not just something that's a passing thought, a passing fad, but something that really matters in eternity. And then what are you standing for? I, I had a reputation in actually a couple of prisons I worked in that I would I would fight for certain things. I would fight for justice in certain situations. One of my favorites was a man who was extradited uh, to serve a prison sentence in this country. And when it came to the end of his sentence, I was required to uh, to open the door and let him out. 
But, you know, because we extradited him, he didn't have his passport with him. And uh, I thought it was wrong. I, I wasn't just going to put him out on the street. He was responsible to find his own way home. And I, and I managed to get permission to put him on a plane with a letter signed by me with his photograph uh, as a passport that was enough to get him into uh, a European country. I had a little reputation for fighting for certain things like that. What are you for? What are you standing for in this season? I just want to encourage you in that. These are simple questions. What are you standing against? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. What are you standing for? Romans 1, 16. But what about this one? Who are you standing with? 1 Samuel 18 is the reference there. You can look it up and see what I was thinking. But who are you standing with? Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I don't know if you're anything like me, you'll, you'll get these days when you wake up and somebody's on your mind or you've had a dream about somebody. You know what I encourage you to do? Text them, contact them, say, I, I was just thinking about you. I want to let you know I'm standing with you. Again, all of these elements in this season and perhaps this one, people are feeling lonely, disconnected, disoriented, afraid, alone. And a text from you first thing in the morning that says, I'm with you. I'm standing with you. I've recently had a privilege uh, to stand with somebody, to stand with them through a season and and. And for them to know that I'm with you all the way. I'm with you and I'm for you. My wife Sue once walked a young lady right the way through her IVF treatment. I mean, when I say walked her through it, she went to the appointments with her. She was with her, standing with her in every step of that. Sue and I these days, we're very often in meetings. We'll have people stand up who have infertility and we we want to say to them we're standing with you we're believing with you for this miracle and even today we received the testimony of someone who stood for their niece and for their daughter and both of them have got pregnant from that moment who, who are you standing with and i just want to emphasize this i actually think that this is one that many of you right now even because you're at home so you can take your phone out and text somebody in the middle of a preach. It's actually legal, kind of, as long as you don't get distracted down the road of the things that you should have laid down. But you could text somebody right now and say, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you in your journey, in your cancer diagnosis, in your infertility, in your search for a job, in, in your anxiety for the future. I am standing with you. I am for you. There's so many people out there that in this season need that. They need a word of encouragement. They need to know that there's someone with them and for them. And of course, all of us, we, we know the truth. Jesus said, I, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you all the way. I love that. Laying in green pastures, laying your stuff down, laying your life down, standing on the promises. Standing against things that are wrong, standing for righteousness and truth and justice or standing with people. Maybe you might want to pick one from each of the sections. That might be another way of doing this. And then there's sitting. I was thinking of, of sitting in our royal identity. Romans 8, 16 is a, a verse that I 
jotted down for this one, but are you sitting in your royal identity, as it were, sitting uh, in your royal throne, knowing who you are? You see, if you know who you are, you don't need to be afraid of the future. You know, anxiety is the result of worrying about what we don't have in the future. But our royal identity tells us what we have in the future. As sons and daughters of the king, are you sitting in your royal identity? That's a great chair to sit in. That's a good investment to sit in that chair. Or are you sitting, as it says in Ephesians 2, 6, in your heavenly chair? We're seated, aren't we, in heavenly places. Are you seated, seated in your heavenly chair? We all need to do that, don't we? Again, in this season, this season where we've suddenly woken up, haven't we, or been woken up to the fragile nature of earth and humankind without God. And we can look at it through the lens of the news. We can look at it through the media, through social media. We can look at it through rumour. We can look at it through fake news or any other turn sort of news. Look at it through the lens of people who are saying this is not right, it's wrong and campaigning. But the one place we need to look at it from is our heavenly chair. To sit in heaven and look down and see this from heaven's perspective. As my good friend Leif Hetland says, to see through heaven's eyes. You know, God didn't send this pandemic, but he will use it. And when we look with heaven's eyes from our heavenly chair, we'll see it looking a lot different. I want to encourage you. Check the chair you're sitting in. Is it the royal identity chair? Are you sitting in your heavenly seat? And then they're sitting at the feet of Jesus. The story of Mary and Martha, the beautiful story in Luke chapter 10. Uh, it, it is a wonderful story. I'm a bit of a Martha though, so Sometimes I get frustrated by that story, but, uh, you know, because Jesus said, well, Mary's done the better part because she's sitting at my feet. I, I love the description of that uh, is that actually all that Martha needed to do was was go to Jesus and get his sandwich order before she went and made it in the kitchen. I like that. What does sitting at his feet mean to you? I think it means a posture of learning, of receiving a posture of honour, and when we honour, we grow. That's, the, that's how we grow. We grow from glory to glory by sitting at the feet of others who have gone further than us. And of course, Jesus is the ultimate example, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the saviour, the servant king. Are we sitting at his feet? Are we spending time just to listen, to see what he's saying? We need that, don't we? There's so many temptations to sit, as it were, at other people's feet in this season. And I know that so many that will be watching this have incredible habits and discipline in their Christian lives of, of reading the word and spending time uh, with him. But it's an interesting season and a challenging season. But one of the things I've noticed is that if we'll slow down long enough, as Bill Johnson says, we'll, we'll see that which changes me. And that's really what sitting at his feet is all about. It's that we sit at his feet and we learn and we grow and we are changed to be like him. I've noticed as well, if I stop, I, I notice things. 
I, I was in a situation recently and I, I looked at the date and I, I just had this thought, I'm going to look up that date in the book of Acts. And the verse was perfect. It was absolutely perfect for the situation and for the people that I was connected to. And I texted it straight away uh, to the people and they were encouraged. It's like he's speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we sitting at his feet? I'm, I'm not the greatest fan of saying, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. I get that. But actually, I think it's meant to be a marriage of the both. We're meant to do out of our being. Uh, just being doesn't actually get many things done, but it will enhance everything that we do if we learn how to do it well. Laying, standing, sitting. And then there are variations of kind of standing, but one of them is walking. Psalm 119, verse 105. It talks about he is a, uh, a light unto our feet and a lamp to our path, or it might be the other way around. But you know the point. He lights up our feet and he lights up our path, our way. You know, many of us in this season, our, our journey has been abruptly stopped or diverted or rerouted, hasn't it? It has for us our year of travel and many other things that we were looking forward to has been abruptly stopped, not even really rerouted or di diverted. It's pretty much been stopped. But he is the one who will light our feet and our path. Is there an aspect of your walk, your journey right now that needs some light on it? Maybe you could stop and say, shine some light on that. I, I was thinking about this for me uh, recently, and I, I was just seeking some guidance. Is there something that I'm meant to emphasize? I had a couple of kind of wrestling matches going on, to be honest. You know, I'm, I'm doing quite a few things online these days and develop some online curriculum. Wrestling with the sort of the battle between, well, I, I know I have to market, but I, I'm not really into promoting me. I know I am meant to rest and to trust him, but I also know that I, I need to be willing to work. And I, I was just seeking some some guidance and I, I really felt like I got it. I felt I just I just knew it. you've shined a light on that and it's OK. And I knew what I was to do and I knew the direction I was to take. And then I picked up uh, my favorite passage in the Bible and just reread it to myself again. Isaiah nine in the Passion Translation. And there right in the middle of that great verse that we know so well, Wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. Brian Simmons has put another line. He's the extraordinary strategist. And I knew I, I need to delve into that. He, he shined a light on my path. He lit that up again. I knew, OK, it's time to emphasize that. It's time to step into that a little bit more. What aspect of your journey, of your walk, needs some light on it? He will shine a light on your feet and be a lamp to your path. Oh, and then there's another great one, Habakkuk. Habakkuk says this, says, write the vision that he who reads it may run with it. Some running's a good idea, but hey, here's the thing. We need to run to a vision. We can find ourselves running around in circles at this time, can't we? There just are oh, this. We can find ourselves busy being busy and not running towards a vision, not setting 
a goal. You know, if you write a vision, you're the first person to read it. That's what Habakkuk's saying. Write the vision, read it, and run with it. Do you need to do that? Do you need to take a moment in this somewhat confusing season? Maybe your path has been abruptly stopped, diverted, or rerouted. Maybe you've kind of got busy doing a number of things, and it's time to press in and ask for some focused vision in your life. Running's good. My son loves to run. I I wish actually I was more of a runner. I'm not really. He loves to run. But, you know, all of us need to be running towards the vision. See, that advice that I started talking about right at the beginning, you know, good shoes. You know, I, I actually got my legs healed by paying attention to the shoes I buy. And I I buy particular types of shoes these days that always have arch support because if I don't have that, I end up with pains and cramps. And at one season, I had it really badly. And then I changed my shoes. I've learned that one. I've learned about the shoes I have on my feet. And I'm trying harder to sit and have a better posture when I'm sitting. And Sue and I have definitely paid attention to the quality of beds that we we buy and it, it affects you, doesn't it? You know, if you stand on bad shoes, you your legs ache. If you sit in a bad chair, you can end up, you know, with aches and pains. Many of you are working at home and not worked at home before. Chairs are really important if you're working at home, especially on a computer. So in the physical, we, we need to take care of these things. And, you know, if the bed's not got the right matches, you can find yourself waking up feeling more tired than when you went to bed with a bad back and aching shoulders. In the physical, it's great advice. It's great advice to have the right shoes for walking and the right shoes for running. It's good advice in the physical, but I want to tell you this. I believe it's really, really good advice in the spiritual that we learn to lay down in green pastures. We learn to lay our stuff down. We learn to lay our lives down. We make sure that we know what we're standing on, what we're standing for what we're standing against and who we are standing with. We need to always remind ourselves to sit in our royal identity chair, to sit in heavenly places and to sit at the feet of Jesus. To be constantly asking that God would be a light to our feet and a lamp to our path so that we are walking in the light. And that we need to make sure that we have a God-given vision. Jeremiah 29, 11 is wonderful, isn't it? It says God has a plan and a purpose for us. Plans to bring us a hope and a future. That was written to the people of Israel in captivity by Jeremiah. We need that now in this season of captivity and exile and isolation and confusion and fear and uncertainty. Are you running towards the vision? And as I close, I, I'm going to go to... An illustration that I've shared before. In fact, it was the one that I shared in my last preach before Sue and I moved at the end of 2016. I preached a message of 15 points, one for every year that we lived in America. My last point was the last one that I got. God took me to Luke chapter four, where Jesus, it says, returned to Nazareth, where he was brought up. And he took the scroll and he stood up. I lived in America for 15 years where even the taxi drivers are confident 
They know they're going to be world changers. They believe it. They have a dream. And sometimes us Brits or Europeans, we talk about things like tall poppy syndromes, where other people cut us down to size. But honestly, I think I've done a good job of putting myself down most of the time. See, I believe it's time for us to stand up where we were brought up. I'm not talking about our home we were raised in. I'm talking about our land, our continent, our history to return for me to where I was brought up to this great country of England, the United Kingdom, this great continent of Europe, this birthplace of so many revivalists and reformers and creatives, this place that has sent out missionaries and preachers and songwriters and hymn writers, this place of great entrepreneurial spirit and invention and innovation. For me, it's time for all of us that we stood up where we were brought up on the foundations, the foundations of our land and of our faith. It's time for us to be confident. It's time for us to be bold. It's time for us not to let other people put us down, whatever that looks like. I want to challenge you. Stand up where you were brought up with boldness and with confidence. It's related to that. Who are you standing with? You can tell somebody. Give them courage by encouraging them. I believe it's time for us all in this season, time for us as believers to stand up where we were brought up with confidence. It's time for us not to let everyone in the world, everyone who thinks they have an answer, be the ones that are saying it first. I believe it's time for us to stand up with confidence and with boldness and speak out the truth of our faith. Jesus really is the answer. And I believe that our cry should be, what does that look like in a season like this? And to close, you know it well. It's all about the armor of God, the great description of the armor of God, of the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit of truth. That great picture of the breastplate of righteousness. But it ends with this statement, having done all, stand. What a season this is, but we have everything we need. And you can learn to lay down in this season in green pastures and to find rest for your soul. You can lay your stuff down so you're not distracted. You can lay your life down again so that you know that you are fully trusting him. You can stand on the promises of God. You can be known for what you stand against that has eternal significance. And you can be known for what you stand for. And people can know you because you are standing with them, with them in their trial, with them in their difficulty, with them in their loneliness, even in their grief. Sometimes all they need is to know that somebody is standing with me. And we can remind ourselves to sit in the chair of our royal identity. Or to sit in our heavenly chair and to view these things from heaven's perspective. Or to make sure that we're regularly sitting at his feet with a posture of learning that we're walking in the light and constantly saying, shine the lamp on our path, please. Show us where to go. Show us what the emphasis of our life should be in this season. Or we can make sure that we've got a vision that we're running to it. It's time to stand up where you were brought up. It's time to be bold. It's time to be confident. It's time not to shrink back, but to stand up. One of the gifts of the spirit 
the baptism of boldness. I think we need that. We need the spirit of boldness. And having done all, stand. Stand. Physically, you need a good bed, good shoes and a good chair. But spiritually, we need the same. We need to be able to lie down, sit down, stand up, walk and run. And hey, pick one of these or two or three. But for every one of you, why don't you text somebody and tell them I'm with you. I'm standing with you. And you'll be amazed at what an encouragement you are. So, Father, I pray for every one of us. I pray that you would release right now, particularly boldness, that all of us in this season would have the boldness to stand up where we were brought up, to stand on the foundations that you have given us that have been laid by men and women who have gone before us, that in this season we will have clarity. We will be known for the things of God and not for the things of this earth. We will sit in our royal identity, confident as sons and daughters of the king. We'll sit and view this earth and this crisis from heaven's perspective. And we'll walk in the light of our salvation. And I bless you in the name of Jesus to sit, to stand, to lay down, to walk and to run. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.